Hi y'all, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Whatever time you're listening to this, welcome to Pun Blast, the podcast. I'm just gonna begin with some prayer and then we can get right into our topic for today. So Heavenly Father, we thank you, we honor you, we praise you, we exalt your holy and your matchless name. Father, thank you for this platform, God, thank you. For Pun Blast, the podcast. Father, even as we come to discuss about you and we come to learn the, exactly what it is that you are saying to us in this time and in this season. Father, I pray that you would open up every spiritual ear that has to listen, that will be listening, oh God, to the message that you have prepared for your people. Father, I pray that you will meet every need today, even as we listen in, God, that you would touch, especially, God, those who need a word from you, those who need direction from you. God, those who are looking for confirmation, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that you will cause us to be attentive to what you have to say. Father, remove my flesh even now in the name of Jesus that your spirit will be able to take free reign and have full precedence, O God, over this session. And I give you thanks and praise. Remember, O God, every listener, I pray a special blessing upon each one of them. And I give you thanks. All the glory, all the honor, all the praise is yours, O God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Blessings on everyone. My name is Sharice Cave and I am the lead prophetess and a pastor of the Healing Waters Ministries. And Pun Blast, the podcast, if you're listening for the first time, welcome, welcome. Pun Blast, the podcast, is actually the brainchild of the Healing Waters Ministries. And, you know, our aim is to speak about whatever God says. <laughs> It means that we touch topics that no one wants to touch. It means that we just speak the unadulterated word of God. Sometimes in ways that may be controversial. But as long as God's will is done, that is enough for me. Because I know that is enough for him. Amen. So today we are dealing with separation. We've been speaking about waiting over the last few weeks and we've seen waiting from different perspectives. This particular topic fits into the waiting as well, you know. It's a part of the series because it speaks about coming away from something. It speaks about disconnecting from something. All the while, we are still waiting on our promise, but this is a part of the process that we have to go through in order to get to our promise. So today's topic is entitled Separation in the Waiting. And I just pray that it will be a blessing to each one of you, as it is indeed still being a blessing to me. So today we're going to look to the Word for some guidance and for some direction. We have some scriptures to go through today. More than, you know, more than usual, but the point is to more or less just listen in and see what God is saying. And today he's chosen to do that by his word. And so that's how we're going to do it. Now, we would have said that separation comes from 
that it it speaks to the disconnection it speaks to the disconnecting from a thing or sometimes from a person it could be from a specific group it could be from anything mindsets actually and and thought patterns disconnection has many different aspects you know there's so many things to be disconnected from that we can be disconnected from and so one of the things that God has shown me is that in order for there to be a disconnection there must first be a connection so jumping right in we're just gonna explore that connection a little bit first and then we're going to go further down all the way we're going on a journey we're going to travel all the way from connection to disconnection so we're beginning with first samuel chapter 18 we're going to read from verse 1 to 4 and this is the new king james version and it says now when he had finished speaking to saul the soul of jonathan was knit to the soul of david and jonathan loved him as his own saul took him that day and would not let him go back go home sorry to his father's house anymore then jonathan and david made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul and jonathan took off the robe that was on him and gave it to david with his armor even to his sword and his bow and his belt amen so we're seeing the beginning of a thing we're seeing the beginning of the connection, an established connection between Jonathan and David. The Bible tells us that Jonathan's soul was knit to the soul of David. That is what you will call a friend, a friendship soul tie. It was a good thing. Yes, it was definitely a good beginning because it was a beginning that was ordained by God. It was a good thing. It was indeed a god-ordained thing and so many times god allows us to enter seasons that are ordained by him and he connects us to certain things or certain people that he knows would help push us into various seasons of life he knows that those people those um jobs you know it could be a job regardless of what it is that particular thing would have a part to play in god's perfect plan for our lives and in this particular instance jonathan's friendship created protection and it created an advantage for david because being that jonathan was king saul's son when king saul tried to kill david you know, when he was planning and plotting, Jonathan was able to say, my father trying to kill you. <laughs> you know, he was able to give him advice and wise counsel as a result of knowing what was happening firsthand. And very often when these connections are formed and God ordains it, there's a measure of protection that God is giving to us through these things. It's never done by accident is never done by chance we never just assume that we want to be connected to specific people or we we want to be connected by to this specific organization or no 
remember that everything that happens on earth is it's either done by God or it's allowed by God. And that speaks to his sovereignty. That nothing happens unless God ordains it or he allows it. And we have to get away from the thought process that things just happen because there's no coincidence with God. One of the things that we must recognize is that God is a God of seasons. He operates in seasons. And whereas one season requires one thing from us, another season will require something completely different. You see, what works in one season could never work in another season. It's as though we expect to plant, you know, we plant this particular plant that is supposed to be grown in summer. But we decide we're planting it in winter and expect it to grow. We expect it to grow. We expect it to flourish and to bloom in winter. When it was really created to bloom in summer. And that's the problem that a lot of us find ourselves facing. We're doing things in and out of season that really and truly were, spe- were specific to one season. And sometimes what happens is we allow one season to bleed into another. And this brings me to the cave of Adulam. <laughs> and that's in First Samuel chapter 22. But basically what happened there was that David was on the run for his life. And so he escaped to the cave of Adulam. When he escaped there. A whole set of people came after him. And when I say came after him, I mean came to follow him, you know, came that he might be their leader. His his father's household, they heard and they came. And by the end of it, David had like 400 men, I believe it was, 400 men, that he was their captain. So the cave at Julam would have created some form of a safe space for David. It was a refuge. It was a place of refuge. It was a place of protection, which is very similar to his relationship with Jonathan. It was his protection for a season, for a time and a season, having Jonathan by by his side to be able to say, my father's at it again and he's coming after you. That was a measure of protection. And then when that season was no longer applicable, when that season was no longer there, then David had to escape to the cave. When he escaped to the cave, that cave protected him as long as the cave could have. But then when we get to 1 Samuel 22 verse 5, it says that the prophet Gad said to David, Do not stay in the stronghold. In other words, leave the cave. And you may say, but David was safe there. Why would he leave the cave? But didn't David have a measure of safety with Jonathan as well? Letting him know what, you know, what Saul was up to. But Saul still had the opportunity or had the inclination to kill David. 
and with this with the cave what we have to come to understand is that what becomes what is your protection and your comfort your safety in one season can become a stronghold and a hindrance in another because the prophet said do not stay in the stronghold no chances are david would have fortified the cave because david is a man of war he was a man of war so obviously if this cave is to protect me i have to make sure that everything around it is safe for my dwelling and for the people that have entrusted me to protect them so david found himself in a fortified place that was comfortable and so often we find ourselves in relationships we find ourselves in jobs we find ourselves in associations that are comfortable and it's not that they're bad because they're provided by god they were provided by god for a time and a season they were not meant to last they were not permanent some seasons of our lives last longer than others but you see when we don't allow ourselves to go with whatever season god has provided us with whatever season god is walking in it becomes a hindrance it becomes a stronghold because that same thing that would have incubated you that would have helped to keep you safe it keeps you back in another season because it it takes on a different connotation a different meaning in another season at the beginning of 1 Samuel 22 we see that it was a cave adulam was a cave but then at the ending of the of that discourse where the prophet gad in verse 5 would have said you know leave the stronghold we recognize it goes from being a cave to a stronghold it became a stronghold and so often we wonder why we have strongholds in our lives but could it be that we hold on to one thing for too long when god is requiring requiring for us to shift he's requiring for us to move or to separate ourselves from the place of safety the place that we have identified as the safe place the place we have identified as our refuge to remove ourselves from there when we don't it becomes a burden it becomes a hindrance it becomes a stronghold and with every season in our lives we will come to understand that each season requires some form of shedding there's something that god is going to ask you to give up every season there must be a sacrifice of some kind in each season there must be some kind of shift or some kind of separation because the aim is for us to remain free but we cannot remain free if we continue to hold on to the things that no longer serve us so then my question to us because this is a word for me as well my question to us is what are the things that we are holding on to that no longer serve us 
What are those things that we have become so comfortable in? And God is saying it's time to shift. It's time to move out of the stronghold. But we've become so satisfied sitting in our cave, sitting in our relationships, sitting in our job. Hmm. What are those things that God is saying it's time to shift? I'm ready to shift, are you? Because I promise you that those things that God is requiring of us to separate from, they cannot go with us into the next season. And this is something that this is something that I can't say I'm guessing at because this is something he's been ministering to me specifically. And I told you all already, God does not allow me to give a word that I'm not dealing with. So this is a case where I'm talking to us, where he's talking to us rather. What is God causing you or asking you to separate from? Is it a mindset or a determination? Is it a thought pattern that has existed through your generations past into yours? Hmm. It could be the very way that your family members have thought over the years. God could be calling you. He could be calling me to separate from those particular trains of thought. Coming away from the way that they did life. Into the new way that he's going to show you. Into the new way he's going to show me. Separation is required for elevation. We can't elevate until we separate sufficiently from those things that God is saying to separate from. It's impossible. It is impossible. In order for us to be elevated, there must be a separation from the things that, as we said, no longer serve us. And one of the things that really struck me about the whole relationship between David and Jonathan, they were so close. I mean, so close. And it was so interesting that the head person that wanted to kill David was connected to Jonathan. Sometimes God asks us, or rather tells us, to separate. Because he knows there's something attached to that person or someone attached to that individual or attached to that job, attached to that mindset that is out for your life. It's out for your destiny and your purpose that God has prepared for you. Hmm. And our Bible tells us that the enemy comes not but to kill, steal, and destroy. So it means that whatever is connected to the thing that God has caused us to separate from, or that he's telling us to separate from, whatever is connected to that thing or that person, 
that is something that we may not even be able to see. But whatever is connected to them has the potential to kill our purpose. It has the potential to kill us spiritually. Sometimes even to kill us physically. But I don't know if we're ready for that conversation. Hmm. So often we expect situations to remain throughout our lifetime. And I even see this being played out in David and Jonathan's life. Because Jonathan Jonathan expected that David would become king. You know, he knew and he could see that David was going to become king. To the point that he was able to tell him in 1 Samuel 23... That you are going to be king. And I'm going to stand alongside you. Now Jonathan was correct about one part. That David was going to be king. Sometimes we think that because people can see our true and our full potential. And that because God has shown us certain things. God has shown us certain things about them. And God has shown them certain things about us. That it means that they are there for a lifetime. But that's not always God's plan. The part that Jonathan did not understand is that this relationship, this association, this friendship, and this pattern of safety that God created had an expiration date. Now, yes, David was to become king. And yes, it probably would have brought both of them great joy to be able to experience it together. But God knew that there was a level of weight that would come with the association he had with Jonathan. Because even if Saul had died, even if Saul had died and Jonathan did not and his brothers did not, God knew that there would be some form of chaos, some form of disruption when it came to David's kingship. You see, whenever there's elevation or whenever elevation is on the horizon, we must be lightweight. We must be free. God knew that there was a certain weight that would come with his relationship with Jonathan if it would have lasted to the point of David becoming king. But God had a plan specifically for David in his kingship that could not be tainted or marred with anybody or anything else. You see, the people that we sometimes would be, that God would allow us to be surrounded by, in our wilderness are not always the same people that God would allow us to take into our promised land. Because even as we go across and we are transitioning, there must be no dead weight when we transition. No dead weight when we transition. What does dead weight do? It keeps you back. And remember we spoke about the thing that protected you and the thing that guarded you in that season that it would have become a hindrance in another in another season 
Why would it be a hindrance? Because it's too heavy. It is too heavy. And God doesn't want us to be carrying it. I'm not saying that every person that God has given you in your wilderness will, you know, have to be separated from in your promise. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that we have to be mindful of the seasons that God has given us. And sometimes, yes, there are people that God places for a lifetime. But then there are those who are only for your wilderness. Jonathan was for David's wilderness season. Was it a great friendship? Of course. Was he genuine? Of course. But God knew that if Jonathan has stayed, yes. You know, David would have still been king. God could have still ensured that it happened. But I don't believe that David would have been the king that God wanted him to be. He would have been king, yes. But there are some things that God removes in order to push us. To push us into the type of leader, into the type of king or queen, into the type of individual, into the type of minister that he wants us to become. And so God allowed it to happen. God allowed Jonathan and his brothers to die with his father because there needed to be a clear path for David. God didn't want any dead weight. He didn't want any stumbling blocks. He didn't want any obstacles in David's midst. What are the things that God is trying to kill in our atmosphere, in our lives? What are the associations that God is allowing to dwindle out that we would not allow him to take from us or to allow us to... What are those things that we are not allowing ourselves, sorry, to give up? When God is saying it's time to separate. It's time to disconnect. So that the thing that incubates you in one season doesn't hinder or prohibit us in another Excuse me, in another season. Hmm. You see, what happens with a lot of these associations, whatever it is that we're connected to, sometimes as they expire, we don't we don't make the correlation between that and food. And yes, I said food. Because as the friendship or as the association or as the connection is expired. When we think about expired food, what happens when we eat expired food? Especially if it's expired for too long. You get sick. You get sick. So we are not always so keen to eat expired food but we are so comfortable in expired circumstances in expired relationships and we are whipping dead horses because it is different and it is uncomfortable to what we are used to it's not it's not what we want yes the food was good at one point 
It was good for consumption. It was good to eat. But a time comes when that food is going to expire. And when it expires, we no longer want it. Because we know it can make us sick. And it's the same thing. Our separation, if it is not done in a timely manner, when God says it's time to let go, it's time to separate. When we don't do it, you know what happens? We become sick. Spiritually sick. Because we continue to consume that which has been expired. So today... I want to encourage us not to overstay our welcome. Do not overstay your welcome. So often, I remember actually, there was a friend of mine at the time um, that would hang out at my house and they would overstay their welcome. Because yes, you appreciate the individual, but I found that this person would come and they would play um, video games. They would watch movies. And, you know, you're tired and you want to go in your bed, but it's still there. And you're trying to hint to them it's time to leave. But nothing. They were not paying attention because in their mind, they were getting what they wanted. You know, the camaraderie and... Just, I guess, to be away from home. And that's how we look sometimes in the spirit. God is saying it's time to go. Sharice, it's time to go. Sharice, it's time to go. And he keeps saying it. But because we've gotten so comfortable, we overstay our welcome. Not just in jobs or in people's lives, but... We overstay our welcome in that season. And that season that provided food for us at one point in time is now making us sick. Spiritually sick. Because the time has passed and quite frankly we no longer belong there. So I want to encourage us not to overstay our welcome. But to be very mindful of what God is saying, be very mindful of when he says to move, when he says to separate, when he says to cut off certain associations, when he says it, it's time to do it. Don't question, Lord, how am I going to do this and that? And I'm not saying anything that I don't understand because it's something that I myself, I'm learning it as I speak to you. You know, this is, it's easy to, (laughs) it's easy to say to God, Lord, I I don't want to do this. But we have to understand that God has seen eons (laughs) in the past and he has seen way far in the future, far ahead. He operates from eternity future. So there are things that he understands will happen six months down the line if we are not sufficiently separated. He knows those things that are attached to our promise that can be compromised with these individuals or with these associations, with these communities, if we don't separate. 
And if we don't separate in a timely manner, God knows. He knows. And one of the things that I've actually never realized until today is that we so often talk about Saul and Saul putting on his armor on David. And I've heard it preached so many different times and so many different ways about how David had to be himself and he couldn't wear Saul's armor. But I never realized until today that Jonathan gave David his armor too. David received Jonathan's armor. When they became friends, Jonathan actually gave him his armor and his belt, even down to his sword. This is Bible, y'all. What did Jonathan do that was different to Saul? The only difference was that Saul gave him the armor for a battle, for the battle with Goliath. And maybe Jonathan's armor fit David. Maybe. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe. But he gave him his armor, just as Saul gave him his armor. And it doesn't mean that Jonathan was bad. But Jonathan's armor can never be David's. As much as he did it out of love and out of friendship, his armor could never, ever, ever fit David to as it would fit as if it was his, as if it were his, sorry. It would never be his. It will always still be Jonathan's armor. Whose armor have you put on? That's the question that I will ask. And that is one of the reasons that God so often calls us to separate. Because he knows that the armor that we've received is not our own. And God is bringing us into the place where he wants us to have our own armor. And sometimes being connected to that which was profitable in the last season. It causes us to walk as the other person to talk as the other person to behave as the other person and it's not that we're not to learn from them we learn yes of course learn pick up what you need to pick up but understand at the end of it all god just wants you to be you he just wants me to be me It's time that we allow God to separate us so that we can find the correct armor. I see it as God taking us shopping. He's taking us shopping to find the correct armor. But if we keep Jonathan's armor on our backs, how then can we receive our armor? The armor that was meant for us in the first place. It's impossible, right? It's it's completely impossible. So separation, it is required for elevation. Because as we separate, all that dead weight, all of the extra things that no longer serve us, as we separate, they drop off. 
which makes us free to go into the next season, which makes it free for us to be elevated without something pulling us down. And our our desire and our aim should be never to be pulled down. That's why the word of God says to lay aside every weight. And when it said every weight, it wasn't talking about sin because then after saying every every weight, the next thing that was said and the sin, which means there are some things that are not bad. They're not necessarily bad. They're not necessarily sin. But they are weight. They are weight. And God has come God has allowed us to be in a position where we can understand that weight pulls us down. It slows us down. And if you're trying to elevate, if you have a hot air balloon and and it doesn't have any helium, I'm not a scientist, but I I do know that helium is what makes it rise. It doesn't have any helium. It can't go anywhere. Because the weight of gravity, the gravitational pull keeps it down. But then when you put helium, actually I don't know anything about a hot air balloon. I just know about helium balloons, so I'll deal with that. But when you put helium in a balloon now, it gives it the release to go up. It no longer has the weight of gravity pulling it down. It can elevate into the sky because of the lack of weight, the lack of gravity pulling it down. The helium makes it light enough to be lifted. Separation is our helium today. Separation is our helium today. I'm not saying it's going to be easy because these things sometimes are very difficult. Very often it is quite painful, especially when you have become so accustomed and when we've become so attached to whatever it was that God has allowed to be seasonal. We ascribe a a permanent mindset to a temporary thing because we didn't know. We didn't know that it was temporal. And that's okay that you didn't know. Because we're not to know everything. God allows us to know what he wants us to know. And there's a reason that we didn't know that it was temporal. But when we know, when God reveals to us that it is time to shift. And it is no longer serving us. I just want to encourage us to be to be vigilant and mindful of when God shows us that it's time to shift, it's time to move, it's time to separate. Because as we separate, God will elevate. Bless the Lord. As we separate, God will elevate. And that's the word for today. Separation is required for elevation and it's a part of the process even as we wait to encounter our promised land. There are still things that we must do and this is one of them.
So I pray that this word has encouraged you and that it has really evoked some introspection. And for some, I pray it would be a word of confirmation and one of direction. So I'm just going to pray over the word that has been given and then I will see you all next week, God willing. And that's it. (laughs) So Father, I just want to say thank you. God, you are so faithful, so good and so true. Thank you for allowing us to discuss about separation Father, because separation, even though it's never easy, God, it is something that you require for elevation. And even as you are bringing us into a new place, into new territory, and into a new mindset, God, I pray for the wisdom, the determination, and the understanding to do what you are calling us to do fully, God, completely, not one foot in and one foot out. But Father, may we do it completely, God. May we not look back. Hmm. But may we move exactly as you are saying to move in this season. God, I pray that you will strengthen us to be able to separate from those associations that no longer serve. God, from those those mindsets that no longer serve us. God, those things that protected us in one season but has become a stronghold or has the potential to become a stronghold in another season. Father, even now we thank you for revealing them and causing our eyes to be open to them that we will be able to move in accordance with your will. God, I cover every individual under your blood that has heard this message. God, I seal the very word gone forth with your blood in the mighty name of Jesus. And I pray that this word will continue to regurgitate, God, in the words, in, in the minds of the hearers, God, in the spirits of your people. Father, keep us safe and guard and protect us as we will continue throughout the rest of the week. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. Blessings, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in another week. And I pray that God continues to guide you. God continues to keep you. May may he continue to let his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May he continue to lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace both now and forever. Have a wonderful day and God bless you. Bye-bye.